The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Radio Tony. Your safe space for tough conversations, exposing secrets and talking about trauma and recovery. Radio Tony. Building Resilience. Talking Trauma. Radio Tony. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Radio Tony. Difficult conversations and bringing hope to listeners. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia on W4WN. Good morning, America. How are you? You're live with Radio Tony on the uh, wonderful island of Bali in Indonesia. And today I have a wonderful guest with me. And so because we're in Bali and I'm on, not on holidays, we're going to talk to the lovely Leonie Featherstone very shortly. So just to remind you all that you can pop on chat and ask us questions live or call in live. If you want to check out what I'm doing, Pop onto my website, tonylontis.com, or follow me on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or Instagram. So if you'd like to talk on any particular topic, if you think you've got a guest I'd like to talk to, please drop me a line. My email is t-o-n-i-l-o-n-t-i-s-a-u-t-h-o-r at gmail.com. So in my room today, as we're not in the studio, I have the wonderful Leonie. Now, Leonie is a doTERRA oil specialist and her mission is to empower others to be the best version of themselves in all spheres of life. That's physical, emotional, spiritual, and financial, so they can truly enjoy their extraordinary, the extraordinary things that life has to offer. Leonie offers a variety of ways, and her essential oils are her vehicle to help you reach your extraordinary life. They invite a connection and allow Leonie to open a relationship. Here begins the exploratory process to see how Leone and you fit together. Leone is a collaborator and the collabor collaboration takes place uh, with holistic support and ongoing education to allow the oils and other strategies to provide um, support tools to assist you in the actions you need to make your dreams happen. In a nutshell, Leone inspires people to take charge of their own lives and to provide provide ongoing support to help them in whatever sphere they need help. And for some, it's just the oils they need to support a family's holistic wellness. For other, others, it's more in-depth understanding of emotional support, and these oils can provide um, a solid uh, leveraged business for others. 
So, good morning, Leonie. How are you? I'm so happy to have you in my uh, office today. <laughs> good morning, Tony. Thank you so much for having me. Good morning, everyone out there. So our listeners are live in the US, Australia and all over the world this morning. It's very early in Bali. You'll have to excuse our frayed voices. It's 7am and we're on holidays. Happy to have you here. So, Leonie, I thought we'd start today with a little chat about you, where you grew up and what led you into uh, your journey with doTERRA. Thanks, Tony. I grew up in the outback of Australia, very close to the Queensland Northern Territory border for any of you geography buffs out there. And it was a very isolated place. We um, we didn't have electricity and I'm really not that ancient. It was just <laughs> She's not, believe me. <laughs> it was just the location. So um, I actually, we didn't have a school. We were about four hours from any civilization. So we relied very much like on a weekly mail truck. We relied on the Royal Flying Doctor Service um, for any medical issues, etc. So it was remote and amazing. Did you do School of Air for schooling? We didn't have the School of the Air function, but we did yeah. our schooling by what they call correspondence. Oh, yes, yes, yes that's right, what it was. Distance Ed Office, and they yeah. sent out the lessons, yes. Yeah. So for those uh, listeners in the US, Australia is a vast nation with lots of remote and rural communities and it's those on those huge big outback properties where the isolation you need uh, strategies to get your kids schooled receive your mail get your groceries etc etc because often things like mail only come in once a week um, you can't get to the local shop to buy milk so uh, they have huge big kitchens great big larders um, and huge big fridges and freezers so that the families have food so you grew up in the outbreak and you loved it tell us a little bit more about your childhood and the things that you used to do oh wow it was it was magical when I look back on it I feel really blessed so yes we didn't have any of those uh, modern conveniences so to speak but we had a lot of freedom and a lot of safety so as children we, we had we had um, you know chores to do we, yeah. we learnt contribution to the family yeah. but outside of those chores and outside of our school times because mum was our governess so to speak she was yeah. an amazing lady because we also had the meteorological station general store and post office oh i so, see yeah so she was she was just such a busy lady my dad was in trucking so he was away quite a lot mm -hmm. but outside of our chores and our schooling and our sort of fun playtime in in our actual house yard we just we just roamed so we'd jump yeah. on our push bikes and just head off down to the creek and go exploring and really enjoying nature and, yeah. and using our imagination to create fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so mum's job with the meteorological station, what sort of things did she have to do? Well, it was she had to actually um, read these sets of instruments every three hours except midnight. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, we, you know, our voices are croaking now because we got yeah, on yeah. an hour ago. She used to have to get up at... 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. Oh. and so forth. She she got midnight off. Oh, <laughs> but thankfully. basically that was um, you had to actually go down into the middle of the, the, the backyard and yeah. they have these little weather boxes and yep. they have um, barometers and temperature gauges yeah. and things and then you would have to, in the daylight, you know, look at the sky and yeah. and read the cloud and, and um, check the wind and then come upstairs and read some more. Um, barometers and etc and then code it all up and then oh, wow. ring up 
Yes, um, yes, yes. And send it in a telegram form. Wow. So I'm guessing nowadays that's managed by computers somewhat, or is it still the same? I think a lot of it has gone to computers, but it's, there's still, um, you know, some sort of human yes. intervention in yeah, there yeah, because, yeah. you know, looking at um, different cloud types and things like that. But it, it was it was extraordinary, and I, I've always had a voracious appetite for learning, so yes. of course I learned how to do it wow. at a very young age as yeah, well, yeah, which, yeah. which came into um play later because we had a tragedy and I had to actually yeah, uh, do that myself. Yeah, but yeah. It, it was, um, she was amazing. And then on top of that, she used to run the store. And as much as we were isolated, um, we were in the middle of all these cattle properties. So yes. she would have all the local ringers and stockmen coming in at all hours and not wanting to ring home. So she was oh. very hospitable and would open up at all hours and allow these young fellows to ring home to their family. And, oh, wow. You know, yeah, it, was, wow. it was amazing. She taught me so much. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how much of your childhood was spent out there? I was three weeks old when we went there. Wow. And then I went into actual real school in year eight probably when I was 14 yes yes yeah 13 14 yeah and um and then we actually my father died when I was 14 so we mm. we um left um I think I was just in my final year of schooling yeah so 13 yeah yeah, yeah yeah sold up and left yeah and did you move from rural to another rural property or did you move to the big sticks we moved to the big smoke, a place called Mount Isa, which was the oh, uh, okay. metropolis, yes. Yes. metropolis yes. for us. But it was, you know, for, for listeners, it was probably about 23,000 people. But, you know, when you live in a township of two families, that, yeah, yeah, that that's really a big, the big, big sticks. Uh, Mount Isa is in, well, not quite the middle of Australia, but it's pretty rural. It's a big um, mining town based on... Oh, was it copper back then? Mm. Yeah, known for its big um, smoky uh, mining stacks, which you can see for miles and miles and miles coming into Mount Isa. So I spent um, some of my early nursing years in Mount Isa. So um, I'm very familiar with Mount Isa and its dryness and isolation in the middle of nowhere and dry and hot and dusty and yes typical rural outback town Mount Isa was um so how many brothers and sisters do you have I have four brothers and sisters and Um, you're the the youngest you're the youngest youngest. ah okay so you had you would have uh, had the benefit of having all those older brothers and sisters to play with and lead you astray then, I'm assuming. <laughs> oh, no, I was the goody too. She's <laughs> <laughs> No, well, actually, my older brother and sister went away to boarding school, so the three okay. younger ones stayed, stayed at home. home. And Absolutely. And um, we actually had an Indigenous community nearby as yes. well, so we had some extra playmates there as well. Yeah, so it was yeah. just a blessed childhood. And you mentioned Dusty yeah. in those early days. We used to have um, huge dust storms come roaring through, you know, weekly. And yes. I have vivid memories of oh. not being able to see out the window. It was yeah. so dark and, yeah. and dusty. And then we would pretty much shovel out this red, coarse dust and sand. Oh, yeah, and the red the desert. Mm-hmm. gets and, everywhere. Yeah, and again, remember, no, no electricity and no cooling. So days, oh. sometimes it was like 45 degrees in the shade. So, wow. But, you know, what you're used to, 
is the normal. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, you don't know any so different. So we just, you know, sucked it up and got and on with it. it. <laughs> well, lovely listeners, we're going to throw to a break now with Rebel, and after the break, we'll have more with Leone. Over to you, Rebel. Radio Tony, bringing social consciousness this time every Thursday evening, live from the Gold Coast, Australia, on W4WN. Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty is the new book from Australian author Tony Lontis. Available in paper, ebook, and audiobook formats, Resilience is the true life story of Tony experiencing and surviving trauma, abuse, mental health issues, and the ultimate betrayal of someone she fell in love with. Exposing moral issues you may have dealt with too. Read how hope and happiness triumph in her life. Available at Amazon.com and all good online retailers. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. And we're back with the lovely Leonie. We've been talking to Leonie about her early life in rural uh, outback Queensland, Australia. And so... Finally, Mum left that rural property and you went to Mount Isa. So how, what transpired in your life after Mount Isa? Okay, so I finished my schooling and um, did some further education. Um, I started working for the Department of Primary Industries because yes. that was an, an arena close to my heart. And then I went off overseas and travelled the world. So where did you go first when you went overseas? I went to Singapore and Tokyo um, because I was actually going across Russia on the Trans-Siberian Railway when it was still the USSR. Oh, wow. So tell us about that. Oh, that was that was, was probably one of the most um, memorable adventures because um, it was 1983. Yeah. Still, you know, talked behind the Iron Curtain. Yeah. But it was fabulous. I'd never been on a train, Tony, and this is like the longest train journey in the world. It, it <laughs> definitely is the longest train journey in the world. So did you feel safe? Oh, absolutely. I think there was something, there's something beautiful about being slightly naive. And young. So I was, yes. I was 21 and yeah. I was just going to travel the world and have this amazing adventure. And yeah. So I was on my own. Yeah. My um, girlfriend. And was what actually, did Mum think about that? Mum was incredibly supportive. She Good on always her. instilled in me a belief that I could be to have whatever I wanted, and it was always um, sort of often they'd go, "Oh, Leonie, you'll come up with an idea for that." Or ask Leonie. It was like I always felt like I was yes. capable of absolutely yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so yeah, I set off on that, and I was on my own. My girlfriend was going to come, but then she decided to marry my brother instead. So. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. That's- yes, yes. So I couldn't really complain. And um, so I, I got there into Russia and there was three other people in this supposed tour. Yeah. And in the fine print they said that if there was less than 12 we didn't get a guide, but none of us had re- read the fine print. <laughs> so there was um, one older gentleman from Melbourne, a girl going back to the UK and a girl from Tasmania. And in Russia there's no discrimination against the sexes in, mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. carriages, so we all shared this little carriage. Yeah. And um, it, was, it was amazing because... It was that. It was kind of that excitement of doing something yeah, yeah, yeah. really almost untoward. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, you'd be looking out the window. I always remember one time we were looking out the window, had no one that hears this is not supposed to hear <laughs> And um, we saw this convoy of tanks. And, of yes, course, you yes. weren't supposed to take photos of any mm-hmm, installation. Mm-hmm. So we were kind of standing guard at the door and clicking Taking away photos on, of on the our tanks. cameras. And, um, but they were wonderful. They were beautiful people. 
the sights were incredible. And Tony, I went in the middle of winter. So I went. See, I would love that. I, I'm, I love the cold. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love but, the cold and the snow and getting rubbed up and, yeah. Yeah, we certainly had to get rubbed up with this little bush girl from, from you know, outback yeah. Australia that was yeah. used to 45 degrees went to kind of like minus 45 degrees. So oh, it, it, was, it, was, it was so exciting. And you'd see we'd pull into um, sidings and they had no, yes. no actual platforms. Right. And you'd see these women sitting on the side, you know, making hot chips and fresh yes, bread. And it was, yes. we'd take turns at different stops and mm-hmm. the trains leave unannounced. And so oh. I got out this one particular time and I raced across three sets of tracks and I made my purchase. But as I made my purchase, two more trains came in. Oh, and no. I'm like, oh, my God, do I go under? But what if they start and they run over me? So I'll run around them and I'm running and I'm racing and I'm racing. And <gasps> I got to my train and I pulled myself up. And I'd like to tell you that it took off as I was pulling myself off, but I, had, no. I actually had plenty of time. <laughs> but it was all that kind of excitement. Yeah, yeah. You know, you felt like you were really on this amazing adventure. And how did you go with the language? Were there other, obviously there were the, your little group was speaking English, but yeah. how did you go with interaction? Ah, we'll see. Here's the thing. Isn't it wonderful how you don't actually need language? Yes. I had this beautiful experience where the black market was rife over there. So if they right. saw you wearing jeans or lipstick or anything, they'd right. love to buy it. We had this delightful little... Buy the jeans that you were wearing? Yes. yes. Oh. I, I had this amazing pair of knee-high Ugg boots. Yes, I could yes. have sold them a thousand times over, but I needed them to keep my feet Yeah, warm. yeah, yeah. But I had this lovely conductor and his wife in our carriage. Uh-huh. And they said, do you have T-shirts? Yeah. And I said, yes. Anyway, they wanted to buy it. And when I said yes, their faces lit up. And I walked away to get it and I thought, I can't sell this. Aww. So I got my phrase book and the T-shirt and I met them in the little carriage, mm-hmm. uh, in the dining carriage. Mm-hmm. And I looked up the word for gift and I pointed to it. And yeah. they, they just embraced me. They were so excited. And we sat there for probably an hour using... The guidebook, yes, yes, um, the, the language yeah, guidebook, yeah, 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 and just um, charades basically. And I found out about them, and they had a little boy at home that their mother and father were looking after. Yes, yes, and it was just that beautiful time of connecting. Yeah, yeah, with yeah, people yeah, yeah, through your heart. Oh, rather than through words. And so you gave them the T-shirt, yeah. and they were excited about a T-shirt. Yeah. That's yeah. fantastic. So I believe in Russia that there's. I haven't been to Russia. It's on my to-do list. Um, the castles or they're, they, they're not castles, are they? The beautiful gold uh, palace. Occupolis. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I saw I saw lots of those, and particularly when we got to Moscow. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Amazing architecture. Amazing history. Yes, that's history. why I would like to yes. go to Russia. I'm thinking that the architecture and history would be completely amazing. Yes, yes. What a wonderful story. So you did the train trip to Russia. Then what happened? I then went to, um, via England, I went over to Ireland, which was my homeland. Oh, and, okay. Um, my maiden name was Murphy, just to give you a heads up. Okay, my right, My mother's yes. maiden name was Egan, so yes, yes. I found out I'm pretty I, – I did go to meet some relatives, yes. but I then found that I was probably related to three-quarters of Ireland. Yeah, and of course, yeah. the Irish being as beautiful and welcoming as they yeah, are, yeah. I had to stay with everybody. So yeah, yeah. I went over, I think, about eight stone, 13, and came home ten and a half stone. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about those Irish potatoes. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. So you had a wonderful time in Ireland and then from Ireland? 
I actually worked in, I actually um, got my mother to come over. She'd never met her cousins. Oh, Because her wow. mom and dad was straight out from yeah. Ireland. And yeah. my mum and I, who was, I think, about 56 mm. um, at the time, mm-hmm. she and I hitchhiked around Ireland together. Oh, what a <laughs> fabulous thing to do. It was wonderful. We we had so much fun. Mum and I have always been close. Yeah, yeah. And um, it was just hilarious, some of the some of the moments that we shared. Yeah, and, yeah. And the gorgeous people that would pick us up yeah. and I remember one particular night we were down in um oh, I think it was the ring of Kerry and it was getting dark mm-hmm. and like we had this mountainous hill to get, <laughs> yes. get up and we were thinking it's not looking good it's not <laughs> looking good are we gonna have to sleep in that gorse on the side of the road yeah and then this tiny little like mini miner or something <laughs> and here's mum and I was like I've got a massive backpack, backpack and mum's yes. got a bag and I remember mum sat in the front and I sat in the back and I kind of like had my legs yes. all squished out yes. of my backpack. But this kindly lady who really didn't have room stopped yeah. for us and gave and you a lift up the gave hill. Gave us a lift up the hill and down to the before it got too yeah. dark. Yeah. Thank God oh. bless her. <laughs> and and then after Ireland what happened? You went I went I went to London and I worked yes. in London. And what did you do in London? I worked in uh, as a, like a general assistant in a in a boarding house or like an accommodation yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was um, it was about it felt like it was ten stories high because sometimes we used to have to do all the housemaiding and other times oh, we would be cooking okay. breakfast down okay. in the bowels of the building as oh, all the kitchens right. are and it goes okay. there. Yeah. And then um, working on reception, so that was a hoot. Uh, and, yeah. As well, and yeah, then yeah. after that, I, I. Um, what did I do after that? I actually worked in a cafe in Oxford Circus. Yes. I yes. nannied. I actually nannied Tony for half a day. Half a day? Yeah, that didn't, oh that didn't my goodness. my boat. <laughs> so you didn't like nannying? Didn't like looking after kids? Oh, it was more the circumstance. I think us Aussies are so laid back. We are pretty and, laid back. And, and we don't sort of sit well with the class. Pomp and ceremony is not ceremony. our thing. No, and mm-hmm. so where I went, it was quite... Um, it was quite class orientated where the staff yeah. were staff and the, yes. the the rest of the household weren't and they were beautiful people but yeah. I just didn't Did. fit into that mix. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, yes. to me everyone is equal. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. So nannying lasted half a day. Well done. <laughs> what did you do next? What did I do after? Oh, I joined a tour, a top deck tour because yeah. I was doing all this work. I actually worked in Sainsbury's too. That was awesome. That's yes. right. That's a grocery yes. store. And I was saving money so I could continue to travel because yes. I, that's travel is my passion. Yes, yes. And hot button. And um, then I went on a top deck tour around Europe. Oh, wow. Yes. And then that was amazing. And then I flew home from Amsterdam via India. Oh, okay. Yes. So just extraordinary experiences with travel. It does allow you to connect yeah. with other people, other so cultures. So how, you were 21 when you left, so yeah. how, what stage of life were you when you flew back to Australia? I was away about 18 months, so it wasn't yeah. that long, but oh, I, just, I accomplished a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So our viewers are saying a busy life so far. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely busy, and yet I feel, particularly in those early days, there was so much time possibly before the, the age of so much technology well, yes. or, or reflection and I wrote so much. In fact, oh. I was doing everything on the bone of my behind, you know, everything yes, was, yes. I was making every cent stretch out and I used to write home to mum mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I would buy those um, 
they'll glue really yes, fine paper. Yes, and you'd mail. write on them yes. and then you'd stick them all down the sides and fold them up and airmail them home. Yes, I Absolutely. remember those. And I used to write so small because I, I couldn't afford to buy too many. Two, so yes. I would write. Anyway, I sent them home to mum and I've got all those and she actually started typing them up so that is oh, that is coming that'll be a book one day what a wonderful history but so in that time of reflection and writing yeah. down the mm -hmm. memories of each mm -hmm. occasion and mm -hmm. and so that because i'm a great believer in not being busy and not yes. absorbing the yes. day so yes. we're taking time to be so you've always kept you've always been one to be in the moment which is something i had to learn in my 50s to be in the moment but you had it back then what a gift it was a gift and um, I'm um, I'd like to say I still do that all the time but I mm -hmm. don't I'm, I'm human like everyone and you yeah. get caught up in the yeah. rush of things but I'm always mindful of hang on just slow down you know am I really seeing the beauty of those clouds in the sky am I really feeling that breeze on my yes face? And, or the and, and warm sun or the cold breath or yeah yeah, yeah. What, a, what a wonderful gift at that age so so all that fun in, in overseas and you come back to Australia and what happens? Well, as, as you do when you come off, it's almost like this mm -hmm. continual high of yes. travel and, and, and adventure. And I think one of the things I love, particularly when I was backpacking, is that I would put my backpack on my shoulders and I, I felt this sense of freedom yes. and simplicity. And I yes. knew that what I wore tomorrow was what was in my backpack. Yes. And what I wore the day after was what I was wearing today. You know, yeah. it, was, it was just that simplicity. Yeah. So coming back then and thinking, wow, it was like, it's almost like you go into a bit of a funk. Oh, yeah, definitely. And definitely. it's like, then how do I get back over there? How do I yes. get back over there? Yeah. But then I, I got a, a job and I worked mm -hmm. as a, as a um, I worked as a vet nurse. Oh, yeah. the second love of my life, animals. Yes, yes. So I did that, and it was—it's quite funny, really, because um, I think a glandular fever. Oh no! Yeah, so that kind of wiped me out for a while. But anyway, in, in the time I was working as a vet nurse, there was a beauty um, salon two doors down, and I yeah. became friends with the owner there. And as I became better, she said to me, "You know, why don't you train to be a beauty therapist?" And I right. thought, oh, that sounds like a mm -hmm, good mm -hmm. idea. And I told my mum and she fell off a chair laughing because I was such a tomboy. I was such a tomboy. So I did. And then eventually I, I bought the salon. It was a hair and beauty salon. Wow. So, yeah, so it was a bit of a change from yeah. running around in the bush. And, and yeah. owning your own business and all the responsibility that comes with owning your own business. Oh, and how long did you have the business for? I think it was there about, um, I think it was about three years because then I got married. Oh, Okay. As we all do, yes, yes yeah, right. Yeah. So then my husband was transferred, so we moved. Okay. Yes. Yes. So husband, children. Yes. Yes. I have two beautiful children. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so you were still in Queensland, yes. I assume. Yes. Then? Yes. Yeah. 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 And so, I guess then you're we all as women experience that time in life where we have young children and we're busy and running around after them um, and you have the whole family life happening and so cut forward now um, when did you first get interested in in oils and um, your whole mission about empowering women so we'll talk a bit about that journey if you like yeah well when I think back I guess my first experience with essential oils would have been um, in the back of a ute 
bumping along a dusty road down to the river. Right. And as the ute went under a, a gum tree, reaching up and grabbing some yes, eucalyptus yes. leaves and chewing on those. Oh, and my goodness. When I think about well, that, that would have been essential oil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, we grew up with toothberries yes, and, and yes. eucalyptus and, and with our Indigenous uh, friends, often yes. they were using um, the those sorts of products. So that was yes, their yes. natural medicines. And I think as far as empowerment goes, I I always found as a child I was the one that people came to mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. talk to or share yes. their stories. I, I think maybe I've just always had that compassionate heart. Yeah. And I love people. People are my passion. I'm yeah. so passionate yes. about yes. supporting them. And um, the flying doctor saved my life when I was five. So oh. maybe service became imprinted in my DNA from me. So what age. happened when you were five? Oh, well, it was a busy time. It, you know, this, this two-family town yes. had a race... Yes, um, course, yes. and we had a race um, yes. meeting once a year so everyone flooded to the town and yes. mum was extra- extremely busy in the yeah. store my brother and sister were home from my older brother and sister mm-hmm, home from mm-hmm. school holidays and we were all playing mum thought we were upstairs yes so we had no electricity so mm-hmm. she had a, a washing machine yeah and we used to boil up the copper yes yes on yes. over a fire oh and wow. boil up the sheets and yes, hot, yes, make hot yes, water and yeah. mum had in her power walking, had raced out there and was carrying two buckets of boiling water and came right. racing around the corner of the building to go yes. to the laundry as I ran down the stairs oh. and collided with her. Oh, golly. So that went all over me. And, um, yeah, so to cut a very long story short, the flying doctor was called and he had oh, to fly definitely. out and um, take me into town. Now, here's the thing that I learned. I learned so much from my mother, but she came with me, mm-hmm. but then with this meteorological station because yes. unless she did those observations, we didn't get paid. paid. Yes. She had to leave me in hospital with the nurses and go back out. Oh and I stayed in there on goodness. my own. So as I, it was pretty, um, I, I still remember being so shy I wouldn't talk. Yeah, and but these, what a terrible choice for mum. Exactly. Like how hard would that have been? Yes. As a mother, I'm thinking my heart's beating at the thought of having to make that decision. Do I feed my children? Do I stay with my sick child? Wow. Yeah, and yeah. as I became a mother, then I realised yeah, the, the enormity of that of what, and, and, yeah. and, the, and the, the sort of the what she would have been going through. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I've always loved people. And then it just, I, I can't remember when I first found essential oils, but I, I loved them. Yes. But as, as far as, and I'd use them, but then mm-hmm. as far as um, doTERRA, I was just walking through a shopping centre one day and, yeah. and there, was a, there was a market mm-hmm. and I saw them there and I just sort of felt myself being pulled. And you know how sometimes... Yes. Things happen and yes. you, you just learn not to question, Tony, yeah. don't you? Yes. You, just, you yes. just trust. And I smelt this oil and I just felt like, wow, I really I really need to do something with this. But mm-hmm. I'm a processor, yeah, yeah. so I processed and they followed up and I processed. And then finally I decided that I would use these oils. Yeah. And I have had a, a long history in sales yes. and, and service. Yes. And they said to me, oh, you could build a really big business and make a big difference in people's lives. And yeah. I said, yes, I could, but I can't. Because mm-hmm. I'm already working corporately with another company, it would yes. be a conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. So I'll just I'll just buy the products. Yeah. Five months later, I was made redundant. Ah. So it was kind of like the universe guiding me, but I didn't yeah. listen. Yeah. And I've always loved chatting to people, and people used to say to me, "Oh, thank you, that's made a difference." And mm-hmm. I thought, I wish someone would pay me to have coffee with people because <laughs> you can't charge for just chatting. Yeah. Anyway, when I was made redundant, I started consulting into the industry mm-hmm. and just and. There was no conflict then, so I yes. I was just dabbling on the side, chatting mm-hmm. to people and mm-hmm. sharing oils. And this this company, it's it's interesting when we really listen to our bodies and our emotions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
they were great people, but I worked two days a week from home being paid really nicely and I'd travel to Melbourne occasionally. Yeah. And every morning when I woke up on those two days, I'd feel sick because it oh. kind of just wasn't right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So one day I'm sitting in this coffee shop chatting with a lady and sharing the oils and she was excited. She wanted to mm -hmm. have them in her life and she walked out. And I thought to myself, you know what, I've just been paid to have coffee. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, by her yes. purchasing yes. her oils, I received a commission. Yeah. So, and it was like, wow, I have to do this. So mm -hmm. then when the three months um, was up with this company, three months, they wanted to see if they liked me and yes. I liked them. Mm -hmm. They asked me to stay on and I graciously declined. Yes. And then just took a leap of faith. And went in. And went in full time. I had no income and I had children to support, but yes. I knew I had to make it work. And mm -hmm. I, I felt that because my, my intention was pure that I really mm -hmm. wanted to help people, mm -hmm. um, it would work. And it did. And so how long have you been doing doTERRA? I've been with doTERRA eight years now. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so for our listeners, do you want to talk more how the doTERRA oils work for you and, and yes. what you do? Yeah. Yes. Well, do, doTERRA is, is, the, is the company, but it's the essential oils that we're working with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, they are just essential oils extracted yes. from plants so if you think back to our ancients it's what they mm -hmm. used as, as their own plant medicines and and we use them as support tools Tony yes, yes. you know you know the sort of work we're I doing do. it's you know it starts with thoughts emotions but yes um, and actions but and the oils can actually help lift you yes. to, to a place or support your wellness and yes. we work very holistically so I, I'm very um, thankful to my doctors and to yes. my orthopedic surgeon and there's a place for everybody I agree there's that a there's place a place for, for everybody yeah and um, and so what we do is we're not diagnosing or you know pretending to cure or anything like that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's simply sharing oils and educating really empowering people to follow their own education mm -hmm. and to seek out information that supports them so yeah. I use them uh, very much for supporting my moods. Yes. Um, I, I use them. I love putting balance on every morning. It just helps to I was just going to say, let's, let's, let's give the listeners some, some information about some of the beautiful oils. So with me this morning before I um, did my radio show, because it's so early in the morning, I've got a little roller of Motivate. So um, I thought I'd get Leonie to tell our listeners what Motivate um, does. I, I know what it does for me, but mm, <laughs> let's yes. hear it from the expert. Yes, well... The thing is, what's interesting with essential oils is that they can have different effects for different people because our body yes. chemistry is all different. Mm -hmm. But I guess with Motivated, there's a collection of oils, um, one of them being peppermint, that they've blended together and peppermint's quite invigorating and yes. uplifting. So yes. the idea is that it's just going to lift you and and help to give you that feel a little bit energised mm -hmm. to get on mm -hmm. with your day. Mm -hmm. So um, for me, I love to use uh, an oil called Balance in the morning. And yes. it has frankincense and hoewood and spruce. And if you think about those as, as trees with their roots going down into the ground. Deep, and old, ancient trees they are. Absolutely. Mm. So really, I often think it's not just oils, it's like ancient wisdom. So thank you yeah. for bringing that up. Yeah. And so what that's doing to me with, with the balance is kind of saying to me, you know, it's okay, be still. Mm-hmm. I've got you. Yes, yes. Be in the moment, focus, mm, and mm. and it just helps to sort of, because one of the things that I I I love life, and you know we mm -hmm. talk about glass half yes. empty, glass half full. I'm like glass overflowing. Yes, <laughs> but, I agree. But I didn't realise that the body doesn't recognise the difference between good stress and bad stress. No, it doesn't. It's just all stress. That's yes. right. So I've had to learn to almost stop being so excited about life. Ah. And to bring myself down a little. And okay. Don't get me wrong. I do have my down moments and I've had yeah, my share yeah. of um, yes. issues like anybody. Yeah. But um, so I'll use something like that. 
So um, another favourite oil of mine is lemon. Oh, yeah. Lemon, it's so mm -hmm. cleansing. And you can use it in cleaning. I love to put it in my dips to, to because yeah. we can use them as food flavouring. Yes. Um, wild orange. Yes. Do you love wild orange? I love wild, wild orange. Yeah, yes, wild it's orange beautiful. is just, for me, when I smell orange, I've transformed back to, to playing basketball. Uh, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah, basketball and the cut-up oranges yes. at the side at, yes. uh, during breaks. Yeah. Yes, yes, and that's yes. the beauty of, of essential oils or aroma because mm -hmm. they can actually trigger... Uh, and remind us of those memories, and so it's it's wonderful. Um, people often say to me, you know, what what oil will help make me feel happier? And I go, well, yes. just let's take some lids off, and when you start smiling, that's the oil for you because yes. it's probably helped you. It's connected with you on a certain yeah. level. Yeah. And so there's, there's so many. I mean, one of the other ones that um, with balance being grounding, another mm -hmm. one that people love to use because there is so much stress in the world. Is, there is is yeah. lavender peace, which oh. has. Do you like that one? Yes, I was going to bring up the lavender conversation. Okay. Because <laughs> I love lavender. Do you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I use it um, in my uh, pillow slip um, between uh, my pillow and my pillow slip. So yes. that's just always always there. Um, I actually use it in a diffuser. Mm. Um, I have it on um, hankies. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Like grandma used like to. Like grandma used to. Um, I... I Lavender is one of my favourite ones and the other one that I use a lot is On Guard because mm. I have um, a, a lower immunity than the average person. So I use On Guard on my neckline um, all the time and particularly when I travel, I put it behind my ears and on my wrist just so that I'm mm. sort of um, breathing that rather than breathing people's germs. Um, I use On Guard in all my hand washes throughout the house, again, to yes. try and keep the germs at bay. Um, and my husband uses um, On Guard in the shower. So yeah, yeah. Uh, lots of – I'm very much an oily advocate, even if I don't, like, do as Leonie does. Um, so, oh, here's a good question. Is there a vanilla scent – no, we don't have a vanilla scent. Um, a couple of our blends have some vanilla yes, in them, yeah. but not uh, a vanilla oil. Um, and what do the scents help with? Okay, so I've, I'm gathering that's a, talking about the emotions. Yeah. Okay, so with regard to lavender, mm -hmm. um, uh, you were talking lavender, I was mm -hmm. talking about one called Lavender Peace, and it has a combination of sandalwood, ylang ylang, marjoram, Roman chamomile and um, yep. lavender itself. And so that's a very calming and soothing oil. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if you take, for instance, marjoram, marjoram helps to just gently relax the muscles. So that's, that's yes. sort of helping you get into that, you know, dreamy, sleepy, relaxed yes. state. Yes. But on an emotional level, it can also calm. And what we find, and again, please remember that this will be different uh, for different people. But in general, yes. when I use lavender piece, I find it... If I'm getting quite, um, if I'm getting a bit agitated about anything, yes, it yes. just helps calm me down. Yes, and be able to be a little bit more logical yeah. and rational. Yeah, yeah. We've also found that it's wonderful. I've used it with uh, with dogs. Now we oh, do need really? to be mindful. The the big thing to know about essential oils is that you do need to be mindful of the power and the potency of them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so this is why when we share oils, we're very mindful of sharing. Um, information with people about yes. how to use them. In fact, you know, um, 
you know, being mindful of skin sensitivity and using a carrier oil to dilute. And, and some of them make you sun sensitive, so you need yes. to make sure that you're not going out in the sun for a certain amount of time after you've used them on your skin. Exactly. So it's exactly. about information and, yeah, yeah. That's right. I was yes. just thinking another one that I use when I'm particularly anxious is the Clary Sage Roller. Mm. Um, I, I really like that one as well. Yes. And that, for me, that that calms me and, and mm. relaxes me. As soon as I actually, I, I'm so good, as soon as I smell the clary sage combination, I'm just like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah it just relaxes. It's interesting you say that because um, one of the things we love to encourage is, is um, you know, helping people find the oil that really fits them. Yes, yes. And um, I love, there's three that I put together, and, and because my business name is Sense of Empowerment, but yes. I, S-C-E-N-T-S, I, yes. I play on yes. that. Um, I call it my Sense of Empowerment blend, and I use frankincense, which to me is the king of the oils. And, it's such and, a, and frankincense is a very ancient oil. So it's an oil that's been used for thousands of years. So mm-hmm. the the information and the knowledge around frankincense frankincense um, and its uses is very old and very grounded in thousands of years of human history Mm. so yet frankincense is beautiful so and what does it do for what does frankincense do well where do I start where do I end One, one thing that's very important is that when we talk about oils is to be mindful of um, speaking compliantly about mm-hmm. what these oils will do because the yes. last thing I want people to do is to rush off and use it in a and way that is not... Think that it's a be-all or end-all. Absolutely. But um, I, when I use frankincense, I find it very soothing, very calming. Mm-hmm. Um, I also find it's beautiful in, in, in skin products. Yes. So it's helping to, like, rejuvenate our skin cells. Yeah. yeah. Um, I use it when I've got a particularly creaky knee. Oh. And I find that it helps to soothe that. Yes. But when I use it, um, I use it with Aroma Touch, which is one of our massage blends. Yes, yeah. And so I put, and that has basil in it. And basil is really supportive of the adrenal system. Mm-hmm. So when I'm feeling really overwhelmed, yes. I'll mix, and that happens sometimes when you've got a busy schedule, yes. we're all human, um, Aroma Touch, Frankincense, and Wild Orange. Okay. And I, I rub them together in what we call our personal diffuser, which is mm-hmm. our hands. You mm-hmm. put the oils in the palm of your hand, a little bit of coconut oil, rub them together, and then I cup them around <coughs> my nose. I close my eyes and inhale deeply. And what I find is really powerful when we're doing this is to create some aromatic, that creates an aromatic anchor mm-hmm. for the thoughts that you want to instill into your yes. mind. And so having an affirmation to go with it. Yeah. So um, everyone needs to create their own. But yes. I would say something like, you know, all is well in my world. Everything flows with ease and grace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as I'm inhaling that oil, for me, that just, I almost feel like I have these arms wrapped around me saying, it's okay. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. So for you, it's like um, last week we spoke um, a lot about um, morning rituals. So that's just, that's part of your morning ritual, isn't it, with yes. your oils? Yeah. Yes. And and I I think it's a great, I'm, I'm glad that you guys have been talking about that mm. because for me it's so important. I claim my half hour in the morning. Yes. And um, my family know that I think... One of the things, and I know you'd be like this yeah. too, Tony, is that we want to encourage people that 
when you're taking time for these rituals is to banish any thoughts of, yes. oh, my gosh, I need to be somewhere else or feeling guilty because yes. that, that negates the benefit that's of that right. time. Mm-hmm. And so everyone in my household knows. That's that your half hour. That's my half mm-hmm. hour. And it starts with the moment I open my eyes, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for, I start thinking about what I'm grateful for because that fills yes. my head. Yes. With Positivity things. versus negativity. Yes. Um, yes. And we have such a negative world. We are constantly bombarded by negativity Mm. from the world at large so part of going out into the world and doing what we do every day is grounding ourselves in positivity before we do that so that's a yeah we had a a wonderful guest last week we talked about the importance of morning rituals and Mm. what your morning ritual might look like and it doesn't have to be anything um snazzy or or uh planned or it's just a a set of things that you do every morning that you do religiously and that helps you sets the intention for the day doesn't it absolutely yeah yeah. absolutely and i think it's important not to get caught up in oh i should do this because so-and-so does that in her ritual yeah it's really tailor making it to suit you and your circumstances yeah 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 and, and, and while you're doing that, just having conversations with yourself, um, honouring yourself in yes. that time yeah. and knowing that you are worthy, yeah. that you deserve to have that yeah. time. And then another another ritual I do at the evening that I learnt from the book The Magic mm-hmm. is um, I lie there and I actually have my diffuser with lavender yes. piece in it. I mean, I could sleep on a barbed wire fence, but it's just a ritual I yes. have. And I put the lavender piece on my hand and I put a little swipe under my nose because yeah. I just love the aroma. And again, I feel like that's that sort of comfort around yeah. me. Yeah. And then I lie there and I think about what was the best thing that happened in the day. Yes. Because yes. again, I want to go to mm-hmm. bed with good thoughts. Yeah. And something else that I've, I've learned to do is I ask myself, do I need to think it, do it or say it? Right. Right. Because you know how you said about all the negativity? We yes. have choice. Yes. Sometimes we're not so good at blocking it out. But, yeah. you know, knowing that we have the power we have choice yes. not to, to watch that news not yes. to read that yes. not to repeat that story yes. yes not to look at that graphic picture on yes. facebook yes and i find that really that really feeds my soul yes i know for myself and just be quickly before we throw to the next break um i know that i have to take i've purposely not watched television since i've been in bali and i've had whole days where i've not done my social media just simply to give my brain a holiday and that's again why i didn't do world news normally each week i come on and do world news and i thought no i'm on holiday i'm not even going to look at the news so i'm sorry listeners usually you get your dose of world news but not this week so i'm going to throw quickly to a break and then we'll come back and have a little bit more of a chat with leone um over to you rebel thanks Keeping the conversation going on the suppressed social and moral issues. This is Radio Tony on W4WN. Join Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Radio Tony uncovers and exposes the social and moral issues of our time, bringing social consciousness to the airwaves. You're not alone with your secrets. Let's talk trauma and resilience. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis, Thursday evenings from 7pm Eastern Standard Time on W4WN. Keep the conversation going. 
Directory assistance. Call Radio Tony. Hello. 561-623-9421 on W4WN Radio Guest Skype.
Claire Tony on W4WN, your safe space for tough conversations. Hello, everyone. We're back with the lovely Leonie. And this morning we've been talking about Leonie's life and then we digressed and talked a little bit about doTERRA. But I'm actually going to put Leonie on the spot because she has a lovely love story. So you heard where she um, had got married and had children. But subsequent to that, she uh, had a divorce and was single for a long time. And so I would like the listeners to hear about your love story, Leonie, because it's beautiful. So tell us about Farmer Green. Oh, yes, my beautiful Farmer Green. Well, um, I hope he's not listening. (laughs) We we actually, um, we met on eHarmony. Yes. And I had always been very hesitant to do anything online with dating. And um, my farmer green is a is a man of the land and mm-hmm. very conservative. And I dare say he would never have done it either, except his two older daughters encouraged yes. him to and made yes. up a profile for him. And so we connected. And um, just for everyone listening, he lived on a cattle and grain property in a remote area mm-hmm. and worked very long hours and had three little girls to to look after. And so this long process of you know, the, if any of you know the the movie You've Got Mail. You yeah. go into your into your computer and there'd be a message there saying you've got a you've got mail. mail, and so you'd open it up and that would begin. You'd write to this person and so we were writing and then I I went in one night and wow I'd, I'd sent like a ten page letter, and um, <laughs> I opened it up and there was like three lines and he said <laughs> I wrote you a long letter and then I had to go and put the children to bed and when I came back I finished it but then it had timed out and it, it all disappeared so I've got to go to bed I've got to be up at five o'clock to go mustering or something so I'm like oh no but anyway so I was like I didn't realize I was so forward I'm like oh here's my email address oh, here's yes. my phone number and he's going no it's okay and so I waited so it was something like six months before I eventually got a phone call <laughs> Uh-huh. And um, and then we met for lunch because we yes. were like a thousand miles apart. Yeah. And um, and then a couple of months later, we actually met up in person, and I thought yes. everything was going really well. And mm-hmm. then he said to me, "I'm sorry, I can't do this." Oh. And I was devastated. But he was so beautiful, and we'd had a really good friendship. And he yes. said, Look, I know "I'm here for you. I'll just keep talking." Yes. And as much as I wanted to be the, no, we need to be together, I listened to my heart and I didn't do Because you thought when you met Farmer Green that he was the one for you, oh, the didn't moment you? I saw his picture, when I when they sent me his picture. Oh, I, his picture yeah, even. I, I saw his eyes and there was, there was so much pain in his eyes and oh. it just touched my heart. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I knew he was the one. Yeah, so yeah. That's why it was so devastating. Yeah. But anyway, we um, we just kept talking and when I was up in that area for business, yes. we'd catch up for lunch yeah. and then eventually one day he said to me, well, why don't you come up to the farm for Easter? Yes. Now, when we say come up to the farm, that entailed like driving an hour for me to me to drive an to hour to the, the airport, airport, fly an hour and a half. Yes. He would drive in two and a half hours and we would drive two and a half hours to the Out farm. Out to the property. Then yeah. two and a half hours to put me back on the plane and do it in reverse. Yeah. So coming up to the farm was quite a process. So I was so excited. The moment I put down the phone, I actually booked the flights. And then yeah. five minutes later, I got a text for him saying, oh, look, don't, we can't do it now because Dad's coming that weekend. Oh, and I'm no. like, oh. <laughs> oh, no. So anyway, I rearranged those flights to, yeah. for business. Yeah. And um, it was a 
few months later then that we actually I actually did get up to the farm and yeah and we kept going but he said to me the best thing I did was not to try and change his mind yes I yes. mean it was a little subtle I did find yes, the yes the Chinese horoscope books and on his sign and my sign and I yes. highlighted the part that said we we're meant to be together and sent it to him yeah yeah, yeah subtle wasn't it Tony it, um, <laughs> it's perfectly understandable we women know things we women usually know things well before the guys pick them up <laughs> absolutely so so it was it's still a slow process after that but we gradually just kept building on that friendship and yes and relationship and then um, I finally flew up yes, and yes. I moved into the farm full time and in, yeah. in doing so I inherited six children. Yes, that was the other thing I wanted to tell tell our listeners that Leonie has this whole tribe, it's okay to call them yeah, a tribe, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Has, has all these uh, children that she's now um, mum for so I can just imagine you being mum to all these children. So tell, tell us about, so you've got your two yes so um they have these children obviously had their own mother and yes and, and yes that's lovely but and some of the children have grown up so yes um farmer green's older children are yes 32 30 and 28 yes and then my two are 26 and 24 yes and then his other three are 17 15 and 12. what a perfect combination yeah. i couldn't have designed it even no like <laughs> Like that's just sequentially planned. I know, I know it works really well. But no, they're a lovely, they're a lovely bunch of children and young adults. And there's two little grandchildren in there as well. So oh, we're really blessed. So one of our listeners says, "I thought you did not like being a, la a nanny, but you like being a mum." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a big difference. <laughs> yes, yes, you love being a mum. Yeah, yeah, I do. And I think um, one of the things I've learnt in life is that. You know, often you'll hear people go, oh, my God, the baby keeps me awake, I can't sleep. Um, you know, there's, there's challenges and blessings in yes. every stage yes. of childhood and yes. adulthood. And, and I think that sometimes it's really easy to get sucked into that, the bad part. You yes, know, Like people talk about the terrible twos mm -hmm. or whatever mm -hmm. or teenagers. But, mm -hmm. you know, I think we just have to take the lessons from the challenges and yes. really, really celebrate the blessings because... You know, what are the alternatives? What you know, have anyone ever thought about what if you don't have children? What about our friends yes, who, who can't have children yeah. or struggle to have children? Yeah. So how have all the children meshed together? I know the yeah. predominantly adults now, but how have they meshed together and how have Farmer Green's girls taken to you take taking on that mothering role? Did you have any issues or how did it go for you? Look, I I think Again, it's like everything. Yes, there's obviously going to be challenges yes. and there were challenges of people um, blending with parenting styles. Yes. And and you know, one of the one of the greatest books I read as a as a as a first time parent was Miriam Stoppard's Questions Children Ask. Yes. And one of the things I think as adults we sometimes forget that children's emotional brains are not totally formed. No, that's and right. So a lot of what's coming from them is from fear or lack of understanding mm -hmm. or just lack mm -hmm. of jack of that ability to yes. to grasp those concepts. Yeah. And yeah. so that's probably stood me in good stead um, to understand that sometimes the behaviour is coming from a place As of non-understanding non or fear or hurt or yeah. 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 So 
that's helped me. But yeah, there, there certainly were challenges. But you know, it, yeah. it's it's just how much you want something. Yes, yes. You know, yeah. for, for me, Farmer Green and I know that we are meant to be together. Yeah. And so so he were, now he he realised that obviously. That yes. He, yes. Yes. Good. Yeah. He was just a bit slower to catch on. Oh, in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. 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 He's he's a he's a very intelligent man. But at that particular moment, he obviously. Yeah, didn't been, see it as clearly yeah, as what I did. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. But yeah, yes. I mean, definitely, and I, my, my heart goes out to, <coughs> excuse me, anyone who's in a blended family situation yes, because it's really it's challenging tricky. for all parties. Really tricky. Yeah. However, you know, with love, with compassion, with you know, lots of oils. Yes. Lots of calming oils. Thank God for my oils. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you know, you've essentially taken on. They're three teenagers, aren't they? So well, they were they were much younger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they, you know, their their father is amazing. Yes. He really is amazing. And um, you know, there's, you know, I don't want to put myself up here as a mother Teresa by any stroke of the imagination. Yeah. But it is challenging, but there's so many mm. blessings as well. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. You, you just have to focus on the outcome that you want, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then try and minimise, you know. Any, any collateral damage yeah. along the way. because his girls must see that he is enormously happy now. Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And that's good for kids. It's good for kids to see happy parents. Yes. And it's good for kids to see happy parents despite the challenges. Yes. Um, and in any blended family, there are going to be challenges, aren't there? There are. And I think um, I always remember in my situation when... Um, my children's um, father was about to have another baby to his yeah. new relationship, and my my son at the time, well, he was the baby. Yes. And um, and I remember him being upset. And yes. I could sense that he yeah. was feeling like he wasn't going to get beloved anymore. Yeah. And I told him a story, and I said, you know what? When um, uh, my children's names are Roshin and Zach, and Roshin's the oldest, and I said yeah. to him, sweetie, I said. When we had Roisin, we loved her absolutely. Mm-hmm. When you came along, we didn't love her less because babies actually bring more love. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we actually loved her the same and, and then loved, loved you. you the same. Yes. So I said, when you have your little brother or sister come along, yes. you know, it's going to be amazing because it won't take love, dad's love away from you. Mm-hmm. There will be extra love to give yes. her. Yes. And yes. I said, one day you'll be, because he was a swimmer, I said, you'll have your little sister or brother sitting in the stand cheering yeah. you on. And I remember years later that exact mm-hmm. thing happening. Oh. So I I felt that and used to have to understand that when the little girls who'd had their yes. dad with them all the time yes. saw me come along, it could possibly they could possibly be feeling that dad doesn't love us as much anymore yeah. because he loves Leone. Yes. So it was a conversation that we, yeah. we had to yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listeners, it's almost time for another break, so we'll – throw to another break i was going to let leone go but i'm going to keep her for just a little bit longer so over to you rebel radio tony on w4wn a platform for the unheard resilience memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty is the new book from Australian author Tony Lontis. Available in paper, ebook, and audiobook formats, Resilience is the true life story of Tony, experiencing and surviving trauma, abuse, mental health issues, and the ultimate betrayal of someone she fell in love with. Exposing moral issues you may have dealt with too. Read how hope and happiness triumph in her life. Available at Amazon.com and all good online retailers. Radio Tony on W4WN. Your safe space for tough conversations. 
Radio Tony on W4WN. Your safe space for tough conversations. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Hello listeners and welcome back. We've got the lovely Leonie with us today and we've been talking about Leonie's life and all things oily. And so just in this last segment before I let Leonie go and have some well-earned breakfast, I'd like to talk about the charity that both uh, that Leonie and I'm actually joining in with at this time. So it's called Bricks for Barley. So Leonie, can you tell our listeners about Bricks for Barley? Yes, well, um, unlike you, Tony, I'm just a, a contributor. Yeah. We're not we're not the organisers, so I don't have all the ins and outs. Yeah. But basically, in the north region here in Bali, they don't have any medical facilities, mm-hmm. and so there's a group of uh, medical people who've been going up and running yeah. clinics, and yeah. they were doing it in a very tiny little room. Yes, and in that tiny little room, you can mm-hmm. have someone delivering a baby, someone having a tooth extracted, and someone having right. you know some stitches or something. So no privacy. So. And, Sorry, girls, Indonesia and, and Bali, it, it, it's a third world country still. So, yeah. Yes. Sorry, Leanne. Yes. No, that's right. In, in developing countries, they don't always have these facilities no. as readily available as what we do. So um, there's a group of people that have, have gathered and created this Bricks for Bali. Yes. Um, and the actual um, facility that is called yes. Bali Sahat. Yes. And they're planning to build a clinic and a pharmacy and stock it and yes. have an ambulance. Yes. And all it will cost is 75000 Australian dollars. Which is pretty cool. So that is even less in the US. That would be, let's have a go at this, that would be maybe 50000 US dollars they can build all that for in Bali because the US dollar will go further. But yeah. 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 So um, what... Um, They've been people have been donating mm-hmm. money, and for a hundred Australian dollars, you can actually yes. get your, your name or your and business name on a brick. That's what I've done. Yes, yeah. yeah. And then um, I've last time I was over when you and I met. Yes, we bought over um, lots of essential oils and diffusers that can help yes. support uh, the clinic. Yeah. And I bought some more over this time, so I'm really yeah. looking forward to going up and getting hands on with the people. And I really want to. Um, there's a lot of elders up in that region yes. too, so I'm looking forward to giving them some beautiful hand massages with yeah. our oils and yeah, just connecting yeah. with them. And yeah, um, that's that's the next part of our our women's retreat, which is what we're on at the moment, is um, just about finished. And then Leonie and I and a couple of the others will go up into this um, area and help with the clinic for a couple of days. And I'm really looking forward to it as well. Um, that whole giving back to those that are less fortunate than us is is really important and the fact that Leonie can give them oils that will support them um, when they're going through whatever they're going through at that time. So um, do they have doctors up there or are they still, do they, are the elders the ones that do the healing and who delivers the babies? I think... Um I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Is the short yeah. answer. Yeah. But I know there is a group of doctors and medical people who travel up there. Yeah. So I don't know how far they would need to go. Yeah. If they were wanting to have their baby delivered in the hospital, but okay. It's, I think we've got a three-hour journey. Yes, we've got a fair way yeah. to go to get there, and yes. then yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But it is a worthwhile project, and you know, coming back to what you're promoting, Tony, yes. and what you're all about. 
um, helping people yes. elevate. And one of the greatest things to I find is to to make yourself um, snap out of or or not. And I don't want to minimise that, but no. service service is such a great healer. Healer, it's a mm-hmm. healing balm when we give to others. That priceless reward that we receive back can go a yes. long way to lifting us yes. and helping heal ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And just to tell our listeners, um, and I know Leonie has experienced this as well, but the Balinese people, um, for the majority of the Balinese people, they are a beautiful, peaceful, gentle people. Um, and I know that I, in the wake of the Bali bombings where um, hundreds of Australians were killed, I swore that I would never come to Bali again. And I was uh, originally asked to consider coming on these retreats with other women. And I thought, oh, no, it's going to Bali. I I don't want to go. And um, I was convinced to change my mind and what a blessing that has been. Um, The Balinese people are giving and helpful and gentle and coming to Bali is a spiritual uh, retreat just surrounding yourself with the beautiful Balinese people, isn't it, Lenny? Is it like that for you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I was just listening to you talk then, Tony, and I think there's a greater lesson here for us all in that wherever we are in life, there is a microcosm of people who are not respectful of life or other people correct but it you know it's very easy for us to fall into judgment and yes. to then label that whole sector that whole yes. that whole group yes um, whereas you know what you've experienced is that when you lifted yourself out of that yes. little process and just felt the I energy of that group you realize that you know we are we are now different where we are. There's always yeah. going to be the good, bad and ugly, but if That's we focus right. on the good, we will grow the good. And I, and I must say that coming to Bali, I've seen, uh, I've seen no bad uh, and I've only seen good, beautiful, wonderful, helpful people. I've not experienced anything mm. bad. I've not seen any um, terrorist-like activity. I've not it, – it's all been a beautiful Balinese experience. Absolutely. And I think – what I love about Bali, I think I can't remember how many times I've been here now, seven or eight. Yeah. But I learn so much from the people. The wisdom. Yes. It's like the ancient wisdom that comes yes. out in people. And I think the other thing that I love is the simplicity. Yes. Their people lives are, are very They're very li- their lives are simple but they're simply kind. Yes. And yes. You know what, Tony? Sometimes we complicate life, don't we? We do. But if we are just kind to each other. Yes. Drop yes. into compassion. Yes. So these, these, again, as we talked about, it's an undeveloped third world country and they don't have much but they are such a happy people. So they live in one or two room little homes with not much other than running water and a little bit of electricity and they're happy and they're happy for you and they're happy to help you and it's that's part of why coming to Bali is such a, a beautiful place to have a women's retreat um, and it's about tapping into the goodness of humanity again and recognising that humanity is not all bad, the world is not all bad and that there are good and beautiful people still in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and also we've been able as a group of women to tap into Leone's vast 
wealth and understanding and her use of oils and how they empower people to uh, get to another level, Leonie. Yes, yeah. And I think a um, couple of things there. One of the things that I've had, because I am no stranger to developing yes. countries and I've had lots of beautiful experiences, and, and what I've found is that it almost seems like the people who have the least exhibit the most gratitude yes. and exude the most joy. And I feel there's a really strong lesson for us all there. And yeah. so, you know, I love coming to countries like this just to remind me about who to be. Yeah. And then I can go back and continue yes. um, using my essential oils as my vehicle to reach out and touch people yeah. and helping them in a holistic way to use the oils to support their wellness yes. and to yes. help them um, monitor their thoughts yes. because thoughts lead to emotions which yes. lead to actions and if you want those positive actions to yes. create a change and to empower and to elevate yeah it's just a beautiful holistic process it is it is blessed to be part of it yes yes so in our last couple of minutes before we let um, leonie go i'm just wondering if anyone's got any questions at all for leonie about her wonderful practice of essential oils and um i just like you've got a website or a facebook group i have group. a facebook page yes so it's sense of empowerment s-c-e-n-t-s yep of empowerment so leone's facebook page sense of empowerment if you've got any questions about no the listeners are asking if you have a website no i don't have a website as yet i'm one of those sort of old-fashioned face-to-face people but if you reach out and connect with me, um, you can send me a message. I'm happy to chat or yeah. answer any questions. And if you can't get on to Leonie, then I can always pass a message on. But at the end of the show, I will put up um, Leonie's Facebook page on the chat group for you all to see um, and uh, so that you can contact her. She has an amazing wealth of information um, about the oils, uh, what they have in them, what they can do, what they can help you with. Um, and I'm just quickly, in the last 30 seconds, I'd like to thank Leonie so much for being with me in our hotel room this morning and to talk um, about her journey in life and to tell everyone about her oils and her uh, journey with doTERRA. So thank you so much, Leonie. I look forward to seeing you later on in the day and we'll throw to another break now, listeners, and I'll join you after the break and I'll talk a bit more about Bali. Over to you, Rebel. Keep the conversation going. Direct assistance. Call Radio Tony. Hello. 561 623 9421 on W4 WN Radio Guest Skype. Join Tony Londis, author of Resilience Memoir of a Broken Little Girl, discovering a woman of strength and beauty on the Women for Women Network. Radio Tony uncovers and exposes the social and moral issues of our time, bringing social consciousness to the airwaves. You're not alone with secrets. Let's talk trauma and resilience. Radio Tony is your safe space for these tough conversations. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia, Thursday evenings from 7pm Eastern Standard Time on W4WN. Radio Tony, bringing social consciousness this time every Thursday evening, live from the Gold Coast, Australia on W4WN. Radio Party girls, don't get 
Conversations and bringing hope to listeners. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia, on W4WN. On Radio Tony, and I'm uh, joining you live from Bali today. So I just thought I'd let you know a little bit about Bali. Bali is a tiny island nation in Indonesia. So Bali is about twice the size of Rhode Island, New York. 
and it's home to 3.2 million people. 95% of these people are Balinese. Um, there's 5% Chinese, Muslim and other minorities. 80% of the island's population live in the southern part of the island of Bali. Most of the, most of the western part of Bali is uninhabited by jungle where uh, tigers have lived since the 1940s. Bali has long enjoyed the reputation of being in an, a chanting place where people, uh, everyone seemed to be an artist, uh, every day's festival, fruit and flowers grew in abundance and gentle, heavily made up little girls perform mystic dances. In the minds of many people, uh, Bali is as close to paradise as you can get, and I'd have to agree with that. It's a beautiful scenery of temples, rice terraces, beaches, volcanoes, and beautiful villages placed uh, within lush vegetation. It's, uh, for, for better or worse, all of these things have been exploited by the tourism industry. In recent years, Bali has suffered from this and its reputation has suffered. Many places have become crowded, overdeveloped and spoiled. The nice places are increasingly becoming more fancy resorts accessible to only the rich, while the places accessible to everyone have become extremely congested and touristy. One of my lovely listeners wants to know if we've been enjoying our holiday. It's been a wonderful women's retreat. We've had some wonderful times. I've been snorkeling off the island of uh, Nusa Lombogan, um, where the snorkeling was pretty spectacular. It was, however, a little cold. Um, I'm told that the coldness of the water is due to the deep trenches that surround the island so apparently the trenches are up to 500 kilometers deep and that's where the cold water comes but that also means that you have an incredibly healthy fresh vibrant and living coral system and reef system and I have to say that after snorkeling earlier this week it was spectacularly beautiful I've actually not seen as many fish before when I was snorkeling um, and even though Bali is considered a third world uh, country in terms of its people and its people are generally very poor in the resorts and the place where places where we stayed it's it's very beautiful um, the place that we stayed during the week had uh, a pool just outside our bedroom door so you just walked out the door and into the pool um, we laughingly said that we mustn't drink too much otherwise that could be quite interesting um, but beautiful places to say and the people are incredibly helpful they they will do anything to make sure that you're happy content and relaxed and that's the beautiful thing about visiting Bali and for Australians it's very close it's only about a six-hour flight from Australia whereas for you in the US it's quite a bit longer I think it's about a 24 to 26 hour flight to get here um, there are a number of expat um, US citizens I know that um, the manager of 
the Mahagiri where we stayed last week was um, a Texan and he'd been living in Bali for I think about eight years now managing the Mahagiri uh, resorts. Um, so some of you do get over here. Most famously, the Kardashians have recently been to Bali and checked it all out. So um, Bali is, uh, was colonised originally by Hindu invaders in the 9th century. So it's a very old culture. Unlike the rest of Indonesia, the island refused to bow to Islam and has remained Hindu predominantly all these centuries later. Bali is the only Hindu island in Indonesia. The rest of the Indonesian islands are predominantly Islamic. Um, it contains the large, Bali contains the largest concentration of Hindu uh, people outside of India. Balinese Hinduism incorporates elements of animalism, uh, ancestor worship, and draws on a few distinctions between secular religious and supernatural life and makes no real distinction between the living and the dead. Arts are held in high esteem. Artists, including painters, woodcarvers, and basket makers, are thought to be uh, held in high esteem by the Hindu people. One thing you see everywhere are the wonderfully carved and coloured wooden flowers, and they're very beautiful and unique. The Balinese are regarded as warm, mellow, and fun-loving, and they certainly are. Bali is a relatively small, diamond-shaped island, and it covers 5,580 uh, 5, square kilometres and measures 140 kilometres across from east to west, 80 kilometres from north to south. No part of the island is more than 30 kilometres from the sea, so a lovely island to visit. The uninhabited island areas are mostly in the south and the east of the island. The landscape includes large volcanoes and very dense forests with northern and coastal plains in the south. In between the very steep ridges and ravines, um, the island is covered with cascading rice terraces and rimmed by coconut palms, bamboo and banana trees. Most of the western part of the island is forest where there are a lot of tigers and it's very mountainous. There are several peaks on Bali that are over 2,000 metres in height and many of them are active volcanoes. So something we do when we visit Bali is to keep an eye on the uh, our government um, notifications that let you know whether the volcanoes are spewing ash. Um, Mount Agung is the volcano that dominates the northern part of the island and it's the one that produces the most nourishing volcanic soil, um, lots of black clouds and lots of rain. Bali is located eight degrees south of the equator, so it's quite close to the equator. The climate is nearly the same all the year round with uh, the distinguishing temperatures in the summer months where it can get to 34 degrees. Generally maintains a balmy 28 degrees across all seasons. The humidity rises during the day and drops at night. 
the air temperature is mostly delightful with cool mornings and evenings. The rainy season occurs between October and March and the dry season between April and September. So we're visiting in the dry season of May. Um, the high season or when most tourists come is July and August. So again, May is a really good time to visit. And also October, those two shoulder times where you get some really good deals on accommodation. And when I say really good deals, um, the couple of the hotels that I've stayed in have been as little as $40 a night, $40 Australian. So for you in the US, that's $20 a night. And that was a lovely, uh, well-equipped hotel with a spa, gymnasium, breakfast, restaurant, everything that you could need um, and nice surroundings. So that's pretty good value if you want to come to Bali. Um, we've had wonderful weather so far. We've had no rain, clear days. Um, yesterday was a little humid. A lot of us sort of felt that it was a bit more human than it had been, but the night times have been beautiful, cool, with lovely calming breezes. And I'll tell you a bit more about the early history of Bali after we come back from a break and into our last session. So I'll just pop over to Rebel for um, another little break and I'll come back and tell you just a little bit more about the beautiful island of Bali, its beautiful people and its Hindu culture. Over to you, Rebel. Radio Tony on W4WN. Your safe space for tough conversations. been a ride. I guess I had to go to that place to get to this one. Now some of you might still be in that place if you're trying to get out. Just follow me. I'll get you there. You can try and read my lyrics off of this paper before I lay them. But you won't take the sting out these words before I say them. Cause ain't no way I'm gonna let you stop me from causing man. When I say I'm gonna do something, I do it. I don't give a damn what you think. I'm doing this for me. So fuck the world, feed it beans. It's gassed up. If it thinks it's stopping me, I'm gonna be what I set out to be. Without a doubt, undoubtedly. And all those who look down on me, I'm tearing down your balcony. No way fans of bust, don't try to ask him why, how can he? From infinite down to the last relapse album, he's still shitting. Whether he's on salary, paid hourly, until he bows out or he shits his bowels out of him. Whichever comes first, for better or worse. He's married to the game, like a fuck you for Christmas. His gift is a curse. Forget the Oh, 
hustling, I don't know how I'm way too up to back down But I think I'm still trying to figure this crap out Thought I had it mapped out, but I guess I didn't This fucking black cloud still follows me around But it's time to exercise these demons, these motherfuckers are doing jumping jacks I'm now I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid to take a stand, take a stand I probably did it subliminally for you So I could come back a brand new me You helped see me through And don't even realize what you did Cause believe me, you I've been through the ringer But they can do little to the middle finger I think I got a tear in my eye I feel like the king of my world Haters can make like bees with no stingers and rock gay No more beef flingers, no more drama from now on I promise to focus solely on handling my responsibilities as a father So I solemnly swear to always treat this roof like my daughters and raise it You couldn't lift a single single on Cause the way I feel, I'm strong enough to go to the club or the corner park And lift the whole liquor counter up, cause I'm raising the bar I shoot for the moon, but I'm too busy gazing at stars I feel amazing and I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid To take a stand, take a stand Everybody, everybody Come take my hand, come take my hand We'll walk this road together, through the storm Whatever weather, cold or warm Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Radio Tony uncovers and exposes the social and moral issues of our time, bringing social consciousness to the airwaves. You're not alone with your secrets. Let's talk trauma and resilience. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis, Thursday evenings from 7pm Eastern Standard Time on W4WN. Radio Tony on W4WN, a platform for the unheard. And we're back and I was talking about the um, Bali bombings and the bomb that was set off was at least 50 kilos of explosives. They were placed inside filing cabinets in a white van that was parked by a suicide bomber in front of the Sari Club. And the Sari Club was a very popular nightclub, particularly for Australian tourists. It was powerful enough to leave a crater in the street and the bomb was set off by a booster charge um, and activated by a TNT-like explosive, uh, explosive activated by a cell phone. The bomb explosion set off secondary blasts and caused exploding gas cylinders and it caused an enormous amount of damage whereby the roof of the club collapsed, trapping hundreds inside. Fires then spread to adjacent buildings, some of which had their roofs blown off and had their walls smashed by the blast. The scene um, after the morning was like 
uh, a scene of a horrific war event. Um, the island struggled to deal with the dead and the injured, um, many of which, again, were Australians, but included citizens from Germany, Sweden, Portugal, South Korea, South Africa, Canada, and Indonesia. Seven Americans were killed in those blasts, and the, the Americans, unfortunately, were the primary targets. The Sari Club was very popular with backpackers and surfers and only admitted some foreigners. And most of the victims of that bombing were inside the club with a few local victims, um, Balinese, who worked in the club and lived nearby. Uh, one survivor told um, the uh, reporters at the time that people were lying uh, on the street without arms and legs and wondering what on earth was going to happen to them. Um, survivors from Bali have said that they woke to notice um, their horrible injuries and were horrified to realise that they were so badly injured in a third world country. The Balinese did a wonderful job of caring for the victims in the initial stages and popping them onto planes to fly them to their country of origin for further treatment. So Bali remains um, a island royalty and the royalty sits with the Ubud royal family and the blood of ancient kings runs through the current royalty's veins. Um, he, the current king um, fulfills his obligations in, in the cultural and social context through his involvement with politics, his religious and cultural activism, and his role as president of the Bali Heritage Trust He's patron of the Ubud Writers and Readers Festival and the Ubud Writers and Readers Festival is famous the world over and is a wonderful festival of 10 days and it's held in Ubud, which is in the mountainous regions behind Bali. Uh, the uh, Writer and Reader Festival um, is attended by people from all over the world. So just so you know, the Hindu religion as practised by the Balinese is a gentle religion where they are required to provide uh, offerings to their gods and this is done first thing in the morning and late at of an e later of an evening and they believe that this wards off dark spirits. Flora and fauna in uh, Bali, it's a tropical country. So the whole of Bali is tropical and there are many plants and trees growing wild, including uh, wood, trees used for wood like teak, bamboo, palm, bananas and lots of rice. In the farming areas, people grow coffee, copra, cocoa, uh, that's the foundation for chocolate, of course, and many kinds of tropical trees like papaya or pawpaw, banana, mangoes, durian. Durian is that smelling fruit that tastes divine, but you can't eat it because it smells so bad. 
pineapple, the snakeskin fruits. They have lots of spices like clove, vanilla, saffron, pepper, nutmeg, cardamom, coriander, anay, cinnamon, etc. So a very rich, beautiful, tropical country. People generally tend to live in small family compounds. People garden in their compounds. Um, and in the house compound, it might consist of um, a beautiful flower garden, and their flowers include hibiscus, oriander, lotus, they have water lilies, astid, lots of uh, bougainvillea and orchids, poinsettias, alamanders, frangipennies, poinsianas, and all those beautiful tropical um, trees. Um, they have lots of flowers in Bali. There are flowers everywhere, um, lots of marigolds, lots of asters, um, orchids, and bougainvilleas. And these are made into lovely little floral displays. You'll find orchids growing in pots everywhere. They're throughout all the uh, resorts. Um, and they grow lots of hydrangeas, marigolds, roses, etc. in the markets. Beautiful markets over here as well. In the markets, you'll find lots of your locals and you can buy clothes incredibly cheaply. So, for instance, I was able to buy my grandson uh, two pairs of pants and two shorts for the equivalent of $10 Australian, so $5 US. You can buy women's dresses for as little as $3.50 um, and all manner of T-shirts, singlets, bags. Bali is the home of the knockoff bag um, and you can get some good ones if you look around. So my time this time has been spent uh, enjoying the wonderful resorts, uh, going snorkeling, having wonderful dinners. The food and the restaurants in Bali are beautiful um, and enjoying the restaurant and resort amenities. So I'm just about out of time for this week. So I'd like to thank you all for your uh, time joining me from Bali. Um, it's been wonderful that you have joined me and listened into our program today. I will put uh, Leonie's Facebook group up on the chat at the end of the radio, uh, uh, my radio show. And next week, I look forward to joining you back in Australia. Next week, our guest is a world-renowned bestseller, a uh, novelist called C.T. Mitchell. Uh, C.T. Mitchell uh, is his pen name and he writes wonderful crime mystery thrillers. He uh, has numerous books and he will talk to us about his early life. He was bullied rather badly and extensively in his childhood, so I thought I'd get him on to talk to us firstly about that and then about his journey into writing his 
uh, novels and his books. Um, he is about to, he's in early negotiations to convert a couple of his books into film. Um, so we'll talk to CT about all of those things next week. Um, and thanks once again for all of you who've joined today and listened. If you'd like to hear from me, don't hesitate to drop me a line, give me an email. Um, my website is tonylontis.com. T-O-N-I-L-O-N-T-I-S.com and my email is author at gmail so that's T-O-N-I-L-O-N-T-I-S-A-U-T-H-O-R at gmail.com Thank you everyone for listening this week and I'll join you all next week for more Radio Tony. Goodbye. Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty is the new book from Australian author Tony Lontis. Available in paper, ebook, and audiobook formats, Resilience is the true life story of Tony experiencing and surviving trauma, abuse, mental health issues, and the ultimate betrayal of someone she fell in love with. Exposing moral issues you may have dealt with too. Read how hope and happiness triumph in her life. Available at Amazon.com and all good online retailers. Radio Tony, your safe space for tough conversations, exposing secrets and talking about trauma and recovery. Radio Tony, a platform for the unheard. Radio Tony, with Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Radio 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 Tony. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Radio Tony. Back next Thursday from 7pm Eastern Standard Time. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Mom.